With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode four, season two of the Intel with Greg Cosell. I'm Jeff Mosher alongside Adam Kaplan. And of course, there's the man, the star of the show, Greg Cosell. Greg, we have gone through free agents to be at cornerback, at safety, at defensive line, and with free agency just hours away, you know, when the reports start surfacing. We want to uh, hit you up with running backs today and then get into just a few free agents who have uh, are recognizable names and get your opinions on them. So we'll start with running back. Uh, and we know now that the tags given to Tony Pollard and Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs pretty much leave two guys, I would say two most recognizable names at the top of the market in free agency at running back. One is Eagles running back, Miles Sanders. The other would be Bears running back, David Montgomery. I would like you for us to sort of compare and contrast them as runners, what type of offenses you think they're best for, and just your overall assessments of them. Well, you know, I think Eagles fans obviously know about Miles Sanders, who I think has improved quite a bit over the last number of years. I think when Sanders came in the league, he was much more of an explosive big play back uh, who looked for the big play and often bounced. Um, and I think he had to learn how to run in the NFL. Because if you're going to carry the ball a meaningful number of times, which ultimately Sanders became that back for the Eagles, um, then you have to get hard yards. And and hard yards are critical. Those are sustaining yards for an offense. And I think Miles Sanders over the last couple of years in particular became a much more impactful inside runner who gained some hard yards, always with the ability to break a longer run. Now, I remember last year in 2021, he had a number of long runs, not as many this year, and that's okay. I mean, look, the reality is rarely are there 60, 70-yard touchdown runs in the National Football League. Um, so Sanders is is a back that's evolved and grown over time to where he can give you tough yards, tough inside yards, yet also give you some big playability. Um, David Montgomery is much more of what I would describe as a sustaining grinder. Um, does he have a long run here and there? Sure, that does happen. But Montgomery is a tough, physical, grinded out back, um, really good contact balance, a finisher, gets finishing yards, um, I would say they're different kinds of backs. Montgomery, I think, at his core, is much more of a potential volume runner than Miles Sanders. You know, I think the feeling was when Montgomery came in the league, and I don't think there's anything 
that has altered this is that if you were a team that really wanted your foundation to be the run game with a running back, not like the Eagles where Jalen Hurts is a major part of the run game and he takes carries away from backs. But if you have a more traditional, conventional NFL run game where the quarterback is not part of the run game, that David Montgomery would be the kind of back that you could give the ball to 17, 18, 19 times a game. He'd run hard. He'd get the tough yards. He'd sustain your offense, and then you could work off that. Now, as we know, guys, those kinds of backs are not seen as special necessarily, and those kinds of backs don't normally generate in today's NFL big numbers. And and as Adam knows better than I, um, it only takes one team, but those kinds of backs now in today's NFL, I, I don't think, uh, jump in, Adam or Jeff, you know, you talk yeah. to people as well. I don't think that a David Montgomery would be seen as a back that people are saying, we've got to go get David Montgomery. Great. Grinding type running backs, though he could handle volume. He's he's talented. He also had, he's had some injuries in his career. Yep. To me, yeah. he's in that James Conner, maybe six to seven million a year range. I just don't see him getting more than that because not explosive. He's okay catching the football. That's not really his game. As you said, he's Greg's more of a volume runner. And he might be a guy, and this this free agency might be like that. Some of these guys might go back to their teams. He might have more value to the team that drafted him than to a team that might want him outside there. Uh, there are a couple of teams that jump out to me, Greg, that based on their offensive schemes and what you were mentioning, whether you're foundational run or not foundational, that I, I wonder which if these teams would be best for. One of them uh, is the Bills, who obviously we've all thought at one point or another – that they could use a little bit more of a running game or explosion in the run game to take some pressure off Josh Allen. But the run game is not foundational, you would say, or at least it hasn't been no. with Josh Allen. Do you feel like a guy – which which of those two do you think would be more fitting for what they do? Well, I think then you get into philosophy and concept, Jeff. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I think that the Bills are a classic example of a team – whose overall philosophy is not really geared to running the football. And 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 I don't mean just the the approach in terms of, hey, we have Josh Allen, let's throw it. But I mean, everything that then follows, use of formations, use of personnel, um, how they align. You know, they, they're, they tend to be more spread. You know, they, they don't, their wide receivers don't really get actively involved in the run game as blockers. You know, that's not the way they play football. Um, so there's so many factors that go in. You know, I think when you, on the outside looking in, everybody says, as we've all said, that, hey, we'd like to see the Bills run the ball more. But there's a lot of factors that go into that. Mm -hmm. I mean, Adam, I'm sure, knows this from his contacts in Buffalo. You know, Spencer Brown, their right tackle, essentially didn't practice all year. And he was a second-year player. And guys like that need to practice. You know, so all of a sudden you're saying, hey, let's run the ball more. And now you can't coach the way you want to coach. I mean – I personally believe, and I know it won't happen because they signed him to a, a pretty big money deal. I personally believe Deion Dawkins would be better off playing left guard than playing, mm -hmm. playing left tackle. But obviously that's not going to happen. So, you know, there's all kinds of reasons, you know, we can sit on the outside and say they have to run the ball more. So it's not Josh Allen all the time, but there's a lot of factors that go into how a team approaches the run game. Mm -hmm. um, I think Montgomery if you're going to sign Montgomery, two things I would say. Number one, you're not signing him to carry the ball seven times a week because he's not that kind of back. He's a volume runner. Now, volume doesn't mean he has to get 25 carries either, but you're signing him 
in a sense to be your number one back there there's there's different designations of back there's you know a foundation back would be derrick henry montgomery's not that then there's a primary back you would be signing montgomery to be a primary back then there's sort of satellite backs you know backs who are might carry seven eight times and are factors in the pass game if you're going to sign montgomery He's your primary back. You expect your in your offense on a weekly basis, given the rest of your team, that he's going to get the ball 15, 16 times a week. I'm not talking touches. I'm talking carries. Right, right. So based remember, on that, go ahead, Adam. I was just going to say, remember, on, on, off that, Greg, they did draft James Cook in the second round the Bills did last year. And they love him. He's he's a spread offensive back, and he fits their system. But getting, fits, back to what, yeah. getting back to what Jeff was saying, they still need someone – it's kind of common what you both were saying. They still need someone to be a lead back. If they need to grind carries out and, and Singletary's up, we'll get to Devin Singletary later, they don't have that guy to grind. No, and I guess, look, I guess you can almost look back to the Eagles when they had Jordan Howard for those couple of years. You know, Jordan Howard, you know, he in some ways he did become kind of a primary back, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, which is kind of what he is. I mean, you know, he came out of Indiana. He had a lot of carries there. You know, those first couple of years with the Bears, he was he was actually a foundation back his first couple of years with the Bears in terms of number of carries. Um, but again, he fell into the category of, yes, he had a lot of carries and he gained meaningful yards, but it wasn't because he had special traits. It be, it's because he carried a lot. You know, right. I, I think there's a feeling that if you want to run your offense through the run game, and give the ball to a back 250 times that there's a lot of backs that could put up 1200 yards that it doesn't mean they're special but they could put up 1200 yards right see now i feel based on this conversation i felt to going in that if you were to forget i mean obviously money is a big issue here but if you were just to take a running back and put him in the right spot you would say miles sanders with the bills he's used to not being the number one ball carrier, only getting 50% of the snaps. He's used to playing with a quarterback who's also mobile. He's played in cold weather, doesn't have to be foundational. You can keep him healthy if you're you're limiting his snaps. And then a team like the Dolphins, who are always going through running backs, I feel like Montgomery would fit them well because he could get a lot of carries there, provided he stays healthy. They are foundational. He is built for that. And you can give him the ball many, many times, third, fourth quarter, and – and have him kind of get warmed up and lathered up into the game like that's his style. So th- th- well, that's where I-, I could see a potential good the fit The interesting there. thing is, is would the Bills ultimately see a younger James Cook going into his second year at this moment in time as a better Miles Sanders? Would they see them as a as similar backs in the context of their offense? And, huh? you know, would they rather have a back that's different? You know, Jeff, as you're suggesting, you know, maybe you do get into those – you know, game situations. Look, one of the things we saw with the Bills, not to make this an entire discussion about the Bills, but I know them very well, is they'd get into late third quarter, fourth quarter, and they'd have a lead, whether it was by one score or more, and they'd come out and they'd throw three Josh Allen passes. And, you know, sometimes they'd throw three incompletions, and then they'd punt, and they'd take 25 seconds off the clock late in the third into the fourth quarter, when, in fact, at that point, you're truly trying to shorten the game and have some kind of running efficiency. Now, as I said, there's many more factors involved, and there always are. But, you know, ultimately, would Cook and Sanders be a similar kind of back for the way they play offense? Right, right. Well, just one more thing on Montgomery and Jeff mentioned the best point of all here with Barkley, Jacobs, and Pollard off the market. Okay. 
the franchise tag. You do have an opportunity for David Montgomery. For a team that wants to run the football, I, I just want to mention one team, the same division, the Dolphins. They try, Jeff, they like Jeff Wilson. They have some, some interest in bringing him back, but a team that at least is committed to running the football, that's where David Montgomery fits in. If you're in yeah. a spread offense, I don't see it. You know, and, and the question is with Mike McDaniel, who clearly um, comes from the Shanahan school, but this year they obviously threw the ball a lot and their run game never quite lived up to what many of us thought it might be, yep. given Mike's background. Um, does he, as he, in a sense, moved off that to the fact that, hey, he's got Tua assuming health with a really efficient pass game and two really explosive receivers on the outside? Um or does he, as he looks at his team this offseason, say, hey, you know what? Yeah, we've got Tua, we've got explosive receivers, but I really feel like we need to run the ball more and be more like the Niners. And then does he feel that he does need a back who can carry 15, 18 times a game? We don't know what's in, in Mike's mindset, um, but clearly they did not run the ball with any consistency last year with few exceptions. Right. Sure. Uh, Rams are another team probably to look out for because they like to run with Sean McVay, but they have really struggled to find that top guy either through production. Yeah, and or it's interesting injury. because you know Stafford, Adam, he'll be back, correct? Yes, Leslie made it pretty clear that. Yeah, so if Stafford's back, and again, you know, we don't know about Stafford overall health. Obviously, when he's healthy, he can still throw it with the best. But it's my understanding that they really like Cam Akers. Now, if they didn't like Cam Akers, when he went through those whatever issues they were, they could easily have released him, and they chose not to. Mm -hmm. And when he came back, as you guys may recall, he actually looked very good. Yeah. And Cam Akers is talented. Now, yeah, again, that doesn't mean they're not looking for another back, but my sense is, barring anything this offseason unforeseen, that they would feel very comfortable with Cam Akers being not their foundation back, but their primary back. Let's say, Greg, you're an NFL team and you're looking for more of a grinder, that fourth quarter guy that when you're a lead, you want to be able to give carries to. A guy like Leonard Fournette has recently become a free agent. Deontay Foreman is a free agent. Free agent. Uh, anyone else that might stick out among the names of Damian Harris, Singletary, Rashad Penny, uh, Kareem Hunt? I think we all know a little bit about them. But anyone that would fill that role, you think, nicely? I don't think Leonard Fournette fills that role at all. Um, I think... Uh... You could argue Deontay Foreman. Deontay Foreman, the last two years with both Tennessee and Carolina, when he's got an opportunity, guys, you and Adam, we've talked about this. Yeah. He's actually played well. Um, now, for whatever reason, look, he came out of the University of Texas as a big-time volume runner. And another back – see, this is where we are with backs. Another back that was not seen as special – and was not seen as a guy you draft and you run your offense through him. Very few teams think that way now. Um, but Deontay Foreman, the last number of years, has really played well. When he played those three or four games as a starter, five games, whatever it was, two years ago in Tennessee, he mm -hmm. really ran well. This year we saw him run well in Carolina. Um, you know, I think that he's got running traits, Uh that you Jeff you've really hit it on the head it becomes team and scheme specific right. you know we can sit we we know that the backs we're now speaking about no one's going to look at them and say hey we're signing these guys that's how we're starting our offense no one's saying that now with the backs we're talking about although clearly Seattle did that with Rashad Penny until he got hurt because that's what um you know, Pete Carroll believes in, and then the rookie Kenneth Walker took over, and he's certainly going to be the guy in Seattle. But the feeling was in Seattle, 
before they drafted Walker and, you know, before Penny got hurt was that he was going to be that guy. And that's the way they were going to run their offense. Because what Penny did in the last five or six games a year ago, and he's a 215, 220 pound back. So even though he's got explosive home run ability, he's not a little scat back. I want to talk about a guy Jeff mentioned in passing there is Damian Harris. Guy's yeah. super productive. Greg, what does his tape look like to you? And could be, you know, could he be that foundation guy or lead? The back? problem is his durability, Adam. Yes, he's hurt all the time, and yet he's not a small guy. He's two hundred twenty pounds. Um, you know, he came out of high school and went to Alabama as the number one player in the country. And mm. you know, obviously Alabama, he did not. You know, he had a good Alabama career, but he did not. I don't think he carried over two hundred times. I could be wrong, but I don't think he did at Alabama in any season. And Whenever he's played and been healthy, as you guys know, he's performed well because he has a very good combination of kind of physicality, toughness, and the ability to break one. Um, the problem is he he doesn't stay on the field. And it right. seems even if he's on the field, it always seems like he's fighting some kind of lingering injury. So, you know, again, if you sign him, what is your expectation in terms of number of games he plays and number of carries that he has, but he's got a, he's got a higher end skill set. Well, this is a free agency show, but I'm going to make a non-free agency comment in this ilk. Uh, I'm a big fan of Ramondre Stevenson. And so, uh, you know, Damian Harris, if he's moving on from new England and there's more opportunities for Ramondre and now with Bill O'Brien, as their offensive coordinator, if they can get that offense straight, I, I, you know, if you want to kind of weigh in on what you think of Ramondre, Greg, because I think he's a tremendous running back. I just love the way he moves and his footwork and everything like that. Yeah. And they like him too. I mean, you know, I think Stevenson, he's, he's a big back with light feet. Yeah. Good movement. Um, he finishes. I think he's got pretty good contact balance. You know, I, I think he's a good back that, you know, yeah. again, now with Bill O'Brien there, we really have no idea. Jeff, what that offense will look like. I mean, it's always easy for people to say, well, look what he did in, in Houston. But, you know, it's different. It's years later. It's it's different personnel. You know, you can't just say, well, that's the offense. Right. You know, we, we don't know that. Right. You know, Bill O'Brien's a veteran coach. He's been exposed to a lot of different things. You know, he's going to look at his personnel. Number one, he's going to look at the quarterback and decide how that works. But I agree with you. I think Ramondi Stevenson has a chance to be a really good back. The question is, in the offense that they choose to run, is he going to be a true volume runner and get 275 carries? That's sure. what we don't know. Sure. So you were um, real quick to follow up because when we mentioned Leonard Fournette, you, you kind of insinuated that you, you're not, you're not seeing it with Leonard anymore. Um, what, what, what did you see from him? You know, and again, it's all based on tape, but I don't think Leonard Fournette at this point, his career is very good. And I don't think that a team is going to sign him with the, with much expectation. I think he's probably at the point in his career where he, going to get a one-year deal adam just please feel free here but uh, you know leonard fournette given his size and one would expect him to be a physical back he's not really a physical back mm -hmm. you know he's a, he's he almost braces for contact and he starts mm -hmm. pitter-pattering with his steps he's not really a power back and you know every once in a while he breaks one and and he still has straight line speed and he gets up to whatever, the, you know, that number is 21 or 22, whatever that number represents. But to me, looking at tape, I don't think he's a very good runner at this point in his career. Mm. Adam, is Rashad White now the guy in Tampa Bay or do they look maybe oh, yeah, at the free he's agent the market? No, he's, well he said, he said he is. 
Yeah, he'll be the guy. Now they'll have yeah. to add someone, and he could also handle some third down work. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, oh, one sleeper, Greg. Jeff and I really like, and we actually talked to the guy who drafted him, Rick Spielman, this past week. How about our guy Alexander Madison? What have you seen from him? Yeah, I remember having a great conversation with their running backs coach um, a couple years ago, and now I forget who it was. But um, is it Modkins or no? Was Modkins there? No, no. Um, okay. Kennedy. Um, oh, Payola. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I don't know if he's still there, but it was because it was a number of years ago. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Madison, whenever he plays, looks good. Um, I think he dropped weight since he came out of college. He looks a little quicker. Um, they don't change their run game when he comes in for Dalvin Cook. Uh, you know, the, now the question is, is if you want to sign him, what is he? Do you sign him with the idea that, hey, he was a, a, a backup in, in Minnesota, who obviously did not get a ton of carries relative to Cook. Are you signing him to fill that same role? Obviously, he and his agent, I'm sure, believe he's more than that, as they should believe. Um, but if you're a team, are you signing him with the idea that he's going to be, you know, get 170 carries? Or are you signing him as a pure backup? That's That's the big question for guys like that. I think the talent level is good. And I think if you just looked at his runs, you'd say, wow, this guy's got some good traits and he can run in this league. But what is he to you? And I think, you know, I think those become really important questions. It's what is he to you? So I have that sort of same question about Jamal Williams, who had his first thousand yard <laughs> yeah. season. I believe he had double yeah. touchdowns. Do you see 17. this guy? Yeah. As someone who can be a primary back for a team should be a, a primary back for a team. Now I, I'm not, when I say prime, I don't mean like 25 carries. You may have a Derek Henry, but you know, your your primary first and second down ball carrier. Um, I would, you know, he certainly was at BYU. I would think he's another guy that falls into that category of not quite gifted enough overall to be that guy. Right. Is he physically capable of it? Yes, he is. I believe He's a 220-pound back. He's not a small back. Um, But I don't think a team would view him as ultimately gifted enough to really do that. Now, like I said, if you're a team and you said, you know what, we're going to sign him, and, hey, we we are going to give him 250 carries. Will he gain 1,100 yards? I'm sure he will. Um, But how many teams now – you know, I don't have the list in front of me. um, How many teams had backs with over 250 carries this year? I can tell you that in a second as you continue to talk on. I'd be really curious about that. Hmm. Maybe it's more than I think. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. No, you're probably right. Uh, that that, that would be a lot of carries. But, but, Greg, is he more of a grinding type? Is he, he just, it doesn't he's seem not to be... an explosive right. back, yes. He's not that okay, guy. He's a grinder. Yeah. Yeah. So the answer to your question of 250 carries or more would be eight. The eight so, were Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb, Saquon, Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, Jamal Williams, and Miles Sanders. Hmm. So, 
Sanders got two fifty nine. One quarter of the league. Yeah. yeah. Which I, you know, I don't wouldn't view that as a high number. Would you? No. Plus, you would have to look at Najee Harris as one of those sort of force fed guys because he averaged three point eight a carry. He was not very impressive. Correct. And Jamal Williams, <laughs> to your point. 4.1 yards per carry, which is okay, but not great. That that goes to your point is if you give a guy enough carries, he's going to have a thousand. Well, and the other yards. factor there is and is that DeAndre Swift was hurt a lot. So if DeAndre exactly. Swift was not hurt, Williams would not have had 250 carries. Right. Exactly. Correct. It would have been much more along the lines of, you know, probably 180 for Williams and, you know, 170 for Swift. You know, it might have been more like that. Mm-hmm. So that became a function of DeAndre Swift being injured. So really... So it's eight, a quarter of the league, it probably would have been seven. Um, so how many teams are thinking in those terms, Jeff, you know, when they when they sign a back, especially a back whose traits would not be viewed as special? Right. No, it's a good you know, question. So Brad. how many teams are thinking like that? Not many, I would imagine. No, I would I wouldn't think too many. But but then again, for a team like what you talk about with the Bills, someone looking for a good fourth quarter back that might be able to get someone who has his experience and talent for a low dollar figure because he's a running back, that might be an asset. And and a guy like Williams could be one of those kinds of guys for a team like the bills, because, you know, he is a grinder and you get into the fourth quarter and you're in Buffalo where, you know, obviously you start getting into poor weather or that's a good one. Yeah. I like that one. I like that. That would make more sense to me than miles Sanders. I I love that one because they're not going to run the ball a lot, but when they get a big lead, they need a, a sustainer. By mm-hmm. the way, Jamal Williams, his deal that he signed with the Lions, and Jeff talked about low, you know, low money, two years, six million, three million a year. So that's kind of what they that's what the league really thought from right. coming in, because he's basically a backup. The yeah. league and- tells you, you know, very often. I, I had a great conversation. This goes back a hundred years ago, a great conversation with a former GM. And I, I wish I could remember who the player was. Mm-hmm. And the GM nailed it. It was probably in the spring. And the GM said to me about this player, he said, um, and the player had had a a pretty good career, but he was probably over 30 at the time. And the player obviously thought, you know, he was still going to play and do the whole thing. And the, and the GM said to me, you know, the league's going to retire him. He's not going to play in the league anymore. (laughs) And he was right. You know, so the league tell, you know, I'm playing off what you said, Adam, the idea that, Hey, it was two years, 3 million. Yeah. You know, no one's going to offer the Jamal Williams of the world. And and from what I understand, he's a great guy, great teammate, yep. great locker room guy, all those really good things. But no one's going to offer him $8 million a year. That's not right. going to happen. Right. Right. Uh, last running back for me, and then we can move on to some others, unless Adam have one. I, I, I am curious to see uh, at this stage of his career what you think of Kareem Hunt. Yep. Yeah. Um, You know, it's been a while since – He's been a guy who's carried a ton. Um, my guess is he's probably thought of more now as kind of a, I hate the word compliment because it's it's not really a compliment, but as a as a back that's part of you know uh, a system of backs. Rotation. So I don't think anybody's going to sign him. Again, getting back to our sort of salient point here, no one's going to sign him and say we're giving it to him 250 times. He's always been a good receiver. I think he's got good traits. He's always had really good traits. Um, shoot, I remember he may have been a rookie. I remember on that opening Thursday night game years ago when he caught H seam for like a 75 yard touchdown, yep. might've been against new England. It was the, fumbled yeah. on his first carry after no fumbles in his That's entire right. Toledo career. 
Was it mm. that, that was his rookie season, correct? First carry. First game. Yeah. Yeah. First yeah and then he came back and he caught eight seam for like a 75 yard touchdown. By the and, way, I'm almost 100% positive that came against Kyle Van Noy in coverage. It might have. I, I, yeah. So, <laughs> was I mean, New England? Was he New, yeah. New England? It was New England. New England. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. But um, uh, the, the point being, I think he's a, you know, he's a, a runner receiver type back, fits today's NFL. But again, not going to be signed with the idea that he's the guy. You know, I gotcha. think he falls into probably at this point in the same category, even though this player is not a free agent, like the DeAndre Swift kind of category. Guy who can run a bit, catch, you know, has some explosion, you know, but not not someone you're going to sign as the guy. Right. Gotcha. Why do I think he's a perfect New England Patriot, though? Catches the ball well. Just it's actually a great. Running yeah. Back. I just, Remember they brought in. Could be. Remember they brought Remember they brought in Sammy Morris many years ago? He was a jack mm-hmm. of all trades running back, catch, run, short yardage. Yep. That's really the, the way they used Hunt behind Chubb, help on third down, give give Chubb a breather. See, on your point, Greg, because he's just not a high volume guy, but he could be 10, 12 carries a game if you need him to. You know, mentioning Chubb, just as an aside, I think Cleveland and Adam, I know you have connections there. I think they're going to be fascinating because clearly when they didn't really have a quarterback that they were comfortable with, you know, Baker in his last year struggled this year, yeah. obviously Brissett actually had a very nice year, but no one's under the illusion that he's a top five quarterback in the league. Although, you know, he's a great guy and a really is going to end up having a, a really nice career overall. But now that they have Watson, who one would assume after a normal off season is going to be far closer to the Deshaun Watson prior to his issues. Um, uh, you wonder if they're going to stay with their overall philosophy, you know, and, and I don't think we know that, you know, they, anybody can say whatever they want. Now we can say whatever we want. It doesn't matter sure. what we say. We're not really relevant. Um, you know, it, it only depends what they think. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm really curious because Chubb is a true foundation back who, who g- gets a lot of carries. Will they stay that way? Or is that going to change incrementally or even more incrementally because of the quarterback, you know, because Deshaun Watson was a pretty explosive quarterback, you know, back with Houston. I mean, he Mm. was, he was a higher level quarterback who could make plays both from the pocket and outside the pocket. Definitely. Listen, there's some pretty good running backs here that we just went through. I I think that teams have definite options depending. It's like a menu. You're you're not looking for the same thing, you know, like you said. then Then the other factor is, the draft. I mean, and, and we'll get into the specifics of players as we move forward. But then when you have a B. John Robinson and a Jameer Gibbs, mm. you know, do you want to sign someone or do you feel like, hey, we could draft that and, you know, pro- you know, pay less theoretically and, you know, it doesn't impact our cap anywhere near the same way. You know, you have those factors as well. Fair yeah. enough. Definitely. All right. So let's get into some other guys who um, sort of cap casualty guys, recognizable names and and top free agents also who are going to hit the market uh, today and then within the next few hours. So Adam Thielen was a a cap casualty in Minnesota, got a little old, you know, 33 years old, two Pro Bowls. What did you see from him watching him on tape? Well, I was standing pretty much close to him uh, on the field with the combine as he was working with Steve Smith and Kurt Warner. And I really wanted to meet him, but it just didn't work out. But mm. um, he did a really good job, by the way. So, but I assume he probably still wants to play. Um, yes, he does. Yes. Yeah. You know, I think at this point in his career, Thielen is is, is a real nice complimentary receiver. He runs great routes. Um, people may forget he had that 
four or five year stretch where he was big time. I mean, he had that one year where I think what he had eight straight games or nine straight games of a hundred yard, hundred yards receiving. Wow. Um, you know, he's, he's always been a, a really solid quality receiver. And by the way, because he was a really good route runner while you wouldn't say he was a vertical dimension, there were times he did get vertical. I don't think he's quite that guy now, but I would assume he probably is terrific in a wide receiver room if you have a young group. Um, and he certainly could be your number three at this point because he can line up anywhere in your formation. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it, it just stands to reason he's not the same. And obviously in Minnesota, his role changed simply because Justin Jefferson is arguably the best receiver in the league right now. Um, so his role changed. But I think he can help teams. You know, it just Adam, you know more about this than I, but I mean, he's not going to get a long term deal at this point. No, he's fact uh, what I'd heard at the combine. He was probably going to be cut and he was looking to latch on with a team where he could go win. I mean, you know, he made the championship game against the Eagles. Right. Love to get a ring. Uh, so it, it's but these guys are I'm not that they're going to make a lot of money, but guys like this who are good possession receivers. They have some value. There's no question. I mean, and he's I mean, not, I'm not, like, I'm not suggesting that this is he's going to sign here. Because, yeah. you know, he, I think he will have options, yeah. but I'm just throwing this out. And again, I don't want people to think I have inside information. I, and I'm just throwing this out because, you know, I think this team's not bad and they did make the playoffs a year ago, but I think he'd be a really interesting player in Seattle mm. because they don't really have a number three that no. I think they're happy with. Yeah, and right. he'd be really good in their receiver room. And I, you know, I think, you know, with Gino now resigning, they've got a running game. Their own needs a little work on the interior, but they can probably deal with that in the draft. Obviously, they need their defense to be better. And again, I'm not suggesting that's where he's going. It just popped into my head as we're talking. I have Eskridge, been, go ahead. Not work, no, I should say D. Eskridge has not worked out as the number three. So that would make sense. Go ahead. And I had been thinking Cleveland of his connection to um, Stefanski because they have some pretty good perimeter, right? They've got Amari Cooper and they've got the kid they drafted who has speed. I can't remember. Anthony Schwartz. Don't they need, they they need kind of a slot guy. Talking to some Cleveland people over the last number of weeks and Adam, I know you do the same, you know, they really do like Donovan Peoples Jones a lot. And the question is, can he take that next step? They say he's a great kid, does all the right things. He's big. He can run. You know, for whatever reason, it just I don't want to say it hasn't worked because they've had issues in their past game. So it's not just him, obviously. But, you know, again, uh, Thielen is not going to you know, you're not going to have to sign Adam Thielen to a big long term deal. Right. And Peoples Jones is more of an outside guy, right? He's always outside, yes. correct? He's big, big and kid. he can run. Yeah, so yeah. you could slide yeah. Thielen, and Thielen into the slot. Thielen there can and line up anyway. Nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's a great. I remember him being an excellent route runner. He so is an I, excellent yeah. route runner. Yeah. Oh, the tape shows that he knows how to use his vertical stem. He knows how to break at the top of it. He He's a really good route runner. Awesome. Thielen from the ever-popular Minnesota State. Yes, there is a school named Minnesota State. It's not from Coach. No, Was he a Screaming Eagle? Yeah, exactly. And Rick Spielman told us, Rick said that they're at this. Remember, Jeff, Rick told us like a year ago that this was actually an analytics pick. Just, despite him being in their backyard, Right, that the 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 data on him said that this guy could actually make it the next level as an undrafted free agent. Boy, did he make it! Yeah, he made it. Um, let's move on to some offensive linemen, Greg. I'm I'm gonna run three by you, and you just sort of give me your your assessment. Donovan Smith, uh, Orlando Brown is a free agent, and Kevin McGlinchey from the 49ers. Mike McGlinchey. I'm sorry, what did I say? Kevin Mike McGlinchey. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I think Donovan Smith did not have a very good season this year, particularly in pass protection. So mm-hmm. now you have to decide, was it a bad year or is he on the downside? Those, again, I'm not in, in you know, I don't work for teams. I'm not in their meetings. I'm not studying him in detail like somebody is for teams. Um, so, and I'm certainly not an O-line coach. Right. So, uh, you know, you have to have an answer for that. You know, do you feel like he's on the downside or did he just mm-hmm. have a bad year? And what were the reasons for that? You have to have an answer either way. Sure. Um but the fact is he did not play particularly well this year. There you go. Um, the 49ers, I watched their tape every single week. I, I thought McGlinchey was up and down. Um, you know, he'd be viewed as an upgrade probably for a number of teams who, who lack on the O-line. Um, but again, I, I thought he was up and down. I didn't think he had a great season. Um, <clears throat> so you have to try to figure out why. Um, who was the third one, Jeff? Uh, Orlando Brown. So Orlando Brown signed with the Chiefs or got traded to the Chiefs because yeah. he wanted to play left tackle, as you guys remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, now you have to get into the team he was on. You know, I, had a, I actually had a great conversation this morning with Jeff Schwartz, who both you guys know, just talking about offensive line play because I was watching an offensive lineman and I called Jeff because, you know, he knows more about offensive line play than I do. And he brought up some great points about, you know, team, scheme, what kind of offense do you run? Most people don't think about offensive linemen in those terms. And and Jeff really was, was on point about it. Once he said it, I you know, it just really hit home. So I think Brown, because he's big, I would say he's not a great pass protector. But, you know, he was on a team with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> and Patrick Mahomes can compensate and camouflage for any problems that you might have up front. And not, I'm not suggesting Brown had a bad year, but he's not a great pass protector. So, you know, you have to decide that if you want Orlando Brown, what kind of offense do you run? If you're, if you know, if you're expecting him all game long to have vertical pass sets and, and live on an island against quality pass rushers, that's probably not going to happen. So, you know, now you get into all these other factors that, as I said, a lot of people might not think about when it comes to offensive linemen. Absolutely. Hmm. Okay. Um, Adam, any guys you want to ask him about as well? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Oh, I'm going to give you one more running back, only because I, I, he's really explosive, and, and when he's got a chance to do to play, he's done well. Do you see Dontrell Hilliard, Greg, just a third-down change-up guy? What, what do you see from Dontrell Hilliard? Yeah, Dontrell Hilliard actually played a lot in Tennessee these last couple of years because he had to. Yeah. Um, had some explosiveness to him. I think at his core, he's a situational player, Adam. Okay. You're not signing Hilliard to be you know, even a primary back. Yeah, he's yeah. a very, very good receiver. You know, I think he can give you some juice in the run game, depending on situation. You know, if you get the third and six and you think, hey, you want to run the ball and maybe you run a draw or some kind of inside, you know, zone or trap. I think he can get past that first level with some juice, but he's a very, very good receiver. And that's what you'd be signing him for. You know, you're not beyond that. And and, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. That's a very good thing. But that's what he is. And is one more, Jeff Wilson, is he just a product more of the Shanahan system? I know he's with Miami, but he did a good job. Is he just kind of a guy? See, that's something you don't role? know because that's where okay. he's been. And then he, yeah, yeah. he went to Miami, which in a sense is the Shanahan system yeah. when it comes to the run game. That's why I asked. Yeah. So, just, you know, again, if you're a, another team and you're interested in Jeff Wilson, you know, who, by the way, is not really big. So um, the question is, do you see him as a product of that or do you right. see him as a good back? That's where you really have to do your due diligence. I don't. I don't, well, let's put it this way. I don't know the answer to that because that's where he's been in his career. You know, he's only been in that system. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, I did want to ask you about Bobby Wagner. Hmm. What kind of season you th- felt yeah, he had a really for the Rams? Good season. He did. Well. Okay. He, nice. He was the alpha dog on that defense. I can tell you that for a fact. He had a really, really good season. Hmm. Okay, so anybody's thinking that they're going to oh. be signing this guy in late May as some kind of bargain. Uh, well, that might know. happen. You, I mean, you don't know only because he is older and right. teams, you know, you just don't know the answer to that. But right. all I can tell you is he had a really good season. Yeah. Well, wow, that's interesting. I mean, if a team could get him after the comp pick formula period, you know, where right. they don't count anymore, that would be one heck of a of I mean, a I would think Wagner and his agent coming off the season he had probably think he's got one more pretty good deal. I mean, he's not going to get, you know, a top, top, top of the line deal, but I would guarantee based on the season he had that they're thinking he's getting more than a one year deal. Mm. There's been some word that uh, Adam, the Titans might want to move on from Derrick Henry. I don't know what, what kind of cap charge that would be. Yeah. It, 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 it's a situation. They want to, they're going to, they want to change their offense under Tim Kelly. Here's their offense coordinator. Right. It's hard to go away from Derrick Henry a lot, but what I understand they want to be open it up more. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's a fascinating philosophical discussion because this team has been built on Derrick Henry. They've now brought in a new GM, you know, um, and you, you have, again, I'm not presenting an answer here and I'm not taking sides, but think of it this way. Obviously, I think it was three or four years ago when the, uh, when the um, Titans got to the AFC championship game, and Henry was the lead dog, and they did average over 30 points a game. Now, obviously, they had better weapons on the perimeter. So the question is, in the AFC, you're going to have to score. You know, you're. I would bet that no one thinks that you're going to compete in the AFC against the Mahomes, the Allens, the Burroughs, maybe the Herberts, and I'm probably leaving out somebody as well, but um, that you're you're going to compete in the AFC with the run game as your foundation, unless there's a truly meaningful pass game element that goes with that. So the question is, if Derrick Henry is your back, you obviously have to give him the ball a lot. He's the one guy you have to give the ball to. True. You know? True. Um, so, you know, maybe Rand Carthon comes in, and again, I don't know the answer to this, and says, you know what? It, it's time to move on. It's time to sort of change our philosophical approach and we got to start with the quarterback, and, and obviously they don't have one right now. Um, but, you know, hey, this is the way we have to start moving or we're not going to compete. Or they may say, hey, we can get back to 2019. I think that was the year um, when we did average 30 points a game. And it, Derrick Henry can be a meaningful part of that. Hmm. They know the answer to that. We don't. Hmm. It's interesting because, you know, money money is a big part of that, right? If you're a team that – there's not too many teams I think that want to do what the Titans did with Derrick Henry. It's a passing right. league, but you look at a team like the bears and they're trying to develop Justin Fields and get their running game going to work off of it. And if you could get Derrick Henry and have that other team absorb a lot of that guaranteed money and that you're not paying too much beyond this year or next, then maybe there's, there's a good philosophical fit there. I don't know. I'm just, just sort of. And the Steelers are an interesting part of that equation as well, because sure. Najee Harris has carried the ball a lot in his first two years. They have an ascending quarterback in Kenny Pickett, and I'm not suggesting he's at the level of Allen Mahomes or Burrow right now, obviously, but he's going to be an ascending quarterback. So, you know, how do you, what's the balance there? You know, do you think, okay, we can run our offense through Najee Harris, or do you think we really, if we want to compete, truly compete, we've got to run our offense through Kenny Pickett. 
you right. know, I, and again, that's a discussion for them to have. Awesome. Well, a discussion that we're going to have starting next week is draft discussion. We're going to be starting our draft preview with Greg next week as we continue the intel. Long Greg snappers, Cosell. right? I know Adam. <laughs> I was thinking snappers. punters first, but if you want to do long snappers, then we can get maybe punt returners and kickoff returners <laughs> in the next. How do you episode. grade Greg? How, how, do you, how do you grade long snappers? I don't. <laughs> oh. There hey, you go. <laughs> no intel from Cosell on long snappers. That's right. And and conversely, uh, we've never had a long snapper free agent show with Greg. Either, <laughs> right. so that, that's, and, that's and, and we good. won't be starting this year. We don't no, want the audience to think we are. Thank you, <laughs> we won't. Thank you very much. All right. If you missed any of the prior three, you can tell with Greg Cosells, we did corners, we did safeties, we did defensive linemen. The prior three, this one has been running backs and then other free agents as we get ready for a very frenetic free agency period. And again, once that's over, and it's usually like, a week to a week and a half of craziness. Then we get into all draft coverage. So our next, uh, we have to figure out what position we're going to start off with, with Greg on, on draft preview coverage. I, I'm thinking right now, spitballing here, like doing the show. I'm thinking corner. Cause that's gonna just going to say corner. D, a D, hot D, one, but yeah. we'll, we'll get with Greg and figure well, that we'll see, out. And... I've got, I, I'm just starting to watch a lot of corners. I'm actually cool. watching Christian Gonzalez right now from Oregon. He's, he's really kind of fun to watch. Awesome. Awesome. We'll hold that thought for the next show, possibly. That's going to do it for this episode of the Intel with Greg Cosell. For Greg Cosell and Adam Kaplan, I'm Jeff Mosher. You've been watching the Intel with Greg Cosell. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.